0: This is Optimal Relationships Daily, Episode 567, Love is Not Enough, Part 2, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Hey, hey, hey! I'm your host, Joss Marie, and welcome back to the podcast where I narrate content to improve the many relationships in your life. And today I'll be covering Part 2 of a post from New York Times best-selling author Mark Manson. In his post, Mark shares advice on why a strong relationship needs more than love. So, if you're new here, you'll probably want to check out yesterday's episode first to hear part one. That's episode 566. But if you're here for part two, then let's dive right back into it and continue optimizing your life. Love is Not Enough, Part 2, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net Unsurprisingly, that relationship burst into flames and crashed like the Hindenburg into an oil patch. The breakup was ugly, and the big lesson I took away from it was this. While love may make you feel better about your relationship problems, it doesn't actually solve any of your relationship problems. This is how a toxic relationship works. The roller coaster of emotions are intoxicating, each high feeling even more important and more valid than the one before. But unless there's a stable and practical foundation beneath your feet, that rising tide of emotion will eventually come and wash it all away. Number 3. Love is not always worth sacrificing yourself. One of the defining characteristics of loving someone is that you are able to think outside of yourself and your own needs to help care for another person and their needs as well. But the question that doesn't get asked often enough is exactly what are you sacrificing and is it worth it? In loving relationships, it's normal for both people to occasionally sacrifice their own desires, their own needs, and their own time for one another. I would argue that this is normal and healthy and a big part of what makes a relationship so great. But when it comes to sacrificing one's self-respect, one's dignity, one's physical body, one's ambitions and life purpose just to be with someone, then that same love becomes problematic. A loving relationship is supposed to supplement our individual identity, not damage it or replace it. If we find ourselves in situations where we're tolerating disrespectful or abusive behavior, then that's essentially what we're doing. We're allowing our love to consume us and negate us, and if we're not careful, it will leave us as a shell of the person we once were. The friendship test. One of the oldest pieces of relationship advice in the book is you and your partner should be best friends. Most people look at that piece of advice in the positive. I should spend time with my partner like I do my best friend. I should communicate openly with my partner like I do with my best friend. I should have fun with my partner like I do with my best friend. But people should also look at it in the negative. Would you tolerate your partner's negative behaviors in your best friend? Amazingly, when we ask ourselves this question honestly. In most unhealthy and codependent relationships, the answer is no. I know a young woman who just got married. She was madly in love with her husband, and despite the fact that he had been between jobs for more than a year, showed no interest in planning the wedding, often ditched her to take surfing trips with his friends, and her friends and family raised not-so-subtle concerns about him, she happily married him anyway. But once the emotional high of the wedding wore off, reality set in. A year into their marriage, he's still between jobs, he trashes the house while she's at work, gets angry if she doesn't cook dinner for him, and anytime she complains, he tells her that she's spoiled and arrogant. Oh, and he still ditches her to take surfing trips with his friends. And she got into this situation because she ignored all three of the harsh truths above. She idealized love. Despite being slapped in the face by all of the red flags he raised while dating him, she believed that their love signaled relationship compatibility. It didn't. When her friends and family raised concerns leading up to the wedding, she believed that their love would solve their problems eventually. It didn't. And now that everything had fallen into a steaming heap, she approached her friends for advice on how she could sacrifice herself even more to make it work. And the truth is, it won't. Why do we tolerate behavior in our romantic relationships that we would never, ever, ever tolerate in our friendships? Imagine if your best friend moved in with you, trashed your place, refused to get a job or pay rent, demanded you cook dinner for them, and got angry and yelled at you anytime you complained. That friendship would be over faster than Paris Hilton's acting career. Or another situation. A man's girlfriend who was so jealous that she demanded passwords to all of his accounts and insisted on accompanying him on business trips to make sure he wasn't tempted by other women. This woman was like the NSA. His life was practically under 24-7 surveillance, and you could see it wearing on his self-esteem. His self-worth dropped to nothing. She didn't trust him to do anything, so he quit trusting himself to do anything. Yet, he stays with her. Why? Because he's in love. Remember this. The only way you can fully enjoy the love in your life is to choose to make something else more important in your life than love. You can fall in love with a wide variety of people throughout the course of your life. You can fall in love with people who are good for you and people who are bad for you. You can fall in love in healthy ways and unhealthy ways. You can fall in love when you're young and when you're old. Love is not unique. Love is not special. Love is not scarce. But your self-respect is. So is your dignity. So is your ability to trust. There can potentially be many loves throughout your life. But once you lose your self-respect, your dignity, or your ability to trust, they are very hard to get back. Love is a wonderful experience. It's one of the greatest experiences life has to offer. And it is something everyone should aspire to feel and enjoy. But like any other experience, it can be healthy or unhealthy. Like any other experience, it cannot be allowed to define us, our identities, or our life purpose. We cannot let it consume us. We cannot sacrifice our identities and our self-worth to it. Because the moment we do that, we lose love and we lose ourselves. Because you need more in life than love. Love is great, love is necessary, love is beautiful, but love is not enough. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Love is Not Enough by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Thank you again to Mark. I loved his perspective on this and I hope you enjoyed his post as much as I did. But with that, let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode. And we'll actually be featuring a brand new blogger in tomorrow's episode. So stay tuned for that